You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. This week, the legislature is back in session in Lansing, and it has already been a busy week in state politics. Think of all the stuff that's going on at the national level. We're not getting a break here in the state of Michigan as legislators and the governor get back to work. Joining us now to talk more about what is going on in Lansing is Zach Gorchow. He's the editor of Gongwar News Service. Zach, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Good to be with you. Yeah. So I want to start with this news of the construction uh, impasse uh, that has halted road projects all over the state. The governor decided to get involved in that impasse last week. I think a lot of people thought, well, this may be able to shake loose an agreement, but so far that hasn't happened. And now construction contractors say they're going to hire replacement workers or scabs to finish the work. Uh, How big a deal is that in Lansing? You know, this it, it's becoming a bigger deal. We're hearing more from legislators saying, you know, we need to get this done. Um, th- this can't keep going on. You know, there's more than 100 projects around the uh, state that have be- you know, gone to a standstill because of this uh, lockout. Mm-hmm. And, but it, it hasn't really reached critical mass. Some of that might be because the legislature just hasn't been around very much, so they haven't all been together. Also, the governor was uh, on a trade mission, and so up until really yesterday, it had been more his staff that had been engaging on this. Um, But it's becoming more and more of an issue. You're you're hearing, seeing more and more legislators speaking out, saying we've got to, something's got to be done, this can't go on. The governor himself uh, yesterday uh, met with both sides, uh, didn't really seem to go anywhere. Um, but the concern level is rising because, you know, winter is uh, approaching and there's a lot of projects that are going to be stuck and unfinished through the winter unless something happens. But it's unclear exactly what the state can do here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, the impasse itself uh, is important, but I wonder how much sympathy. Uh, the workers here are going to be able to get from Michiganders who hate construction to begin with, uh, but but also hate the fact that construction gets delayed, that that projects stay closed longer than than they could uh, or or should. Uh, what are you hearing about what legislators or the governor are hearing from ordinary people who have to drive these roads about this impasse? You know, I. It's unclear. You know, we're not. The governor put it more in terms of hypothetical. Yeah, like he said something like, "Our public is not going to be happy about this." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He didn't say, "You know, I've got people burning up the phone lines that they're furious." You know, I just don't know that this is totally registered for people yet. Um, it's sort of like they knew there was going to be construction. They knew this was going to be an inconvenience. Um, I, I think. The problem would be more if this just goes into the winter, and then I think people will, who aren't terribly engaged in what's going on in Lansing will start wondering, hey, wait a minute, why is this not done? Right. Um, especially the 696 project over your way is, is going to generate a lot of attention. Um, so as of right now, and I've seen, I feel like I've seen a lot of the statements from legislators have come from Macomb, which I don't think is a coincidence because that is where the 696 work is taking place. Sure. Um, but I, there has not been a huge hue and cry yet 
uh, about the situation. And, and no one so far seems to have really taken sides. It's been more of just, you know, figure this out, get back to work. Um, you know, it, it's the issues aren't terribly obvious. It doesn't, you know, no one's saying we're being, you know, pay benefits. It, it all seems to be more, uh, you know, process-oriented. Um, I want to switch subjects here a, a bit and talk about Oakland County Democratic candidate for State House Jennifer Sudan, who allegedly embezzled a hundred thousand dollars from Treasurer Andy Meisner's campaign. Uh, it's a little bit of a confusing story because uh, she is a House candidate, but also, I guess, was working for Meisner. Catches up on what is happening here. Well. Uh this was going to be one of the most likely districts to move from Republican control to Democratic control. This is in uh, part of West Bloomfield, Commerce Township, Wixom, that way, and that, up that way in Oakland County. Uh, and Jennifer Sudan uh, was probably a narrow favorite to win that race because of what's going on in Oakland County and uh, the recoiling at President Trump and the Republican Party. Uh, but uh, the other day, and really a bombshell kind of development, uh, Oakland County Treasurer Andy Meisner announced that uh, Jennifer Sudan, who had been his campaign manager in the past and was his designated record keeper for his campaign account, uh, he accused, said she had embezzled. Uh, uh, well, he didn't put a number on it. Uh, another news organization has said it was $100,000. So we don't, we can't, so there's been no on-the-record statement as to how much, but the number 100000 has been reported. Um, he had, I believe, about $129,000 in his campaign account. It's mm -hmm. unclear what was left, but it was discovered that it clearly that did not match what uh, was being filed with Oakland County. And uh, it, the Oakland County Sheriff's Department is now investigating. Uh, th this is a very serious uh, situation. Uh, that if, if she is charged with embezzlement of, of, of $100,000 or more, that's, I believe, a 20-year felony. Um, so no one's heard from, well, I shouldn't say no one, no media have heard from her, um, as far as her explanation or response to this, uh, but the Michigan Democratic Party and the State House Democratic Caucus have, uh, basically repudiate her and ostracized her and walked away from any involvement in the race. Uh, so it seems safe to say mm -hmm. That the Republican there, Ryan Berman, is going to effectively walk into the seat because I don't see how she's going to be going out and campaigning under these circumstances. Um, she's not going to have any support financially or in otherwise. And even if she were to somehow win, which I think is extremely unlikely, I, it's hard to imagine that the legislature would agree to seat her under these circumstances. Sure. Um, so basically, for the big picture is, you know, state house Democrats who need to flip nine seats for control. Uh, one of the uh, three foot putts that they had. Uh, now they got to go and and maybe hit a, a twenty footer instead. Yeah, H have party leaders talked much about what that means to their plans for the fall? Does it alter things that uh, they had planned to do or maybe do now in a different way? Well, the way they've put it is they had. A list of rates for Democrats, they had a list of races that was too long for them to fund all of them. So essentially what this means is everything moves up one in priority. So a race uh, that maybe wasn't going to get the same attention uh, and support is now going to get that. Mm 
Um, you know, if I were, I'm just throwing out names here, I don't know this to a certainty, but the district immediately west of the one we've been talking about in Novi, where um, State Representative Kathy Crawford is a Republican and incumbent, um, I, I wonder if she's going to see a lot more attention now as a result uh, of this. There's uh, a district up in Traverse City could see a lot more attention, um, and, and there's several others. But that, that's essentially what this means is everything moves up one on the priority list, and, right. and they shuffle. The, like I said, the problem is, you know, this seat, Republicans have been describing that district and two others in Oakland County as just a bloodbath, that they were in serious, serious trouble. Yes. And uh, it's not that there aren't other winnable seats for the Democrats. They just are going to be tougher halls than this one was. How worried, uh, from your reporting, do you find Republican leaders about uh, this supposed coming blue wave, right? Uh, and, and you get conflicting reports about it. At this point, it's it's still somewhat early in the campaign, but the early polls show that Democrats are riding what could be a very formidable wave that could not just give them the statewide offices that are on the ballot, but maybe control of the House and maybe, maybe control of the Senate. Are, are Republicans taking that seriously and sort of fine-tuning their plans for the fall? Yeah, I mean, there's there's real concern. I mean, they know that in certain areas of the state, uh, they've got serious problems. In fact, I've heard Democrats have started referring to this as more of a blue tornado hmm. instead of a blue that wave, and the, the idea that a tornado can hit two houses on one block and miss two others, um, because there are certain pockets of the state where there, there's not a lot of evidence of a big surge of Democratic enthusiasm, but there are other areas where it's massive. Uh, but you no, know, there's there's real Republican concern about this. I mean, they know they've got a lot. They're playing defense everywhere. Uh, they really have no opportunities to try to play offense. Um, you know, the statewide, you know, what's going on in the governor's race is has got to be very concerning to the Republicans. There's been no indication that, um, you know, that the race is super close at this point, which is a concern. Um, you know they they know they've got their their work cut out for them. It's not that they're you know definitively going to lose control of the legislature, but it's it's on the line. I mean, you hear people say things like you know that the you know and I don't, I'm not saying I agree with this, but I've heard it from a couple people that that the Senate is actually more flippable than the House. And I understand the rationale behind that. We don't need to get into the weeds on it, but um, you know both chambers there's there's a path for Democrats there. Um, you know it's it's difficult for sure. Um, but, you know, everything is on the line right now. Yeah. This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Zach Gorchow, an editor, the editor of Gong War News Service. We're talking about the legislature coming back to work this week in Lansing, and there's already a pretty busy week unfolding. We were talking about Governor Snyder's inability to broker a deal between construction contractors and unions on 160 road work projects. Uh, now uh, the contractor plans to hire replacement workers or scabs to finish the work. We also just talked about an Oakland County Democratic candidate for State House who allegedly embezzled $100,000 from Treasurer Andy Meisner's campaign and now won't be able to really compete for that seat. What does that do to the overall picture of uh, political balance in the legislature? Does that make it harder for Democrats to win the House in November? 
If you want to join the conversation, give us a call, talk about the road projects, talk about uh, the fall campaign and the balance of power in the state house. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we will work you into the conversation. Let's go to John on the east side. John, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for taking my call. So the first question is, does uh, Snyder want this resolved? Uh, you know, with his continued attacks on labor, uh, one would uh, question that. Uh, the second thing is, I don't think taxpayers are going to be happy with the, you know, you look at road workers and you might have assumptions about them, but it's a it's a highly technical job and very trained. I worked in it formerly, and you're not just going to get scabs in here to do quality road work. You're going to be driving down the road and bouncing all over the place. And the third thing is, how does this affect the local economy with all the road workers not making money right now that live here and pay mortgages? People got to look at the big picture. Yeah. John, thanks very much for calling and uh, injecting those points into the conversation. Zach Gorchell, let's take those one at a time first. Uh, the political context, uh, Governor Snyder signed the right to work uh, bills that came out of the legislature after having said uh, for a long time that he wasn't interested in moving the needle on that issue. Uh, does he have a political interest here in in maybe maintaining this standoff between the union and the contractors and letting someone else come in to do the work? I don't think so. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to, you know, they didn't object yesterday to this idea, although they sort of threw some cold water on it and said, well, you know, the, the management already uses some non-union workers now. And they sort of said, well, it's unclear really what this is going to mean, if this is going to really get a lot of work done. Uh, I think they were, it seemed to me they were sort of putting it out there. We don't think this is a real answer to the issue. Um, no, the, the problem for the governor is, you know, he, has put, he you know, took a lot of credit for the road funding plan uh, that was uh, signed into law, I believe, in 2015. Um, and, you know, it's finally now starting to ramp up to the point where people are, were starting to notice there was a lot of construction happening. A lot of roads that have been just in terrible condition are finally starting to get fixed. Um, and so I think he, you know, as he sort of looks to what his legacy is, would like to leave office with, you know, road work moving apace. Uh-huh. And now, you know, here it's, you know, stalled. Beyond that, just, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not going to be a good situation for uh, commuters, for business, uh, perhaps even from a safety perspective, if, you know, some of these projects just, you know, are iced through the winter. Um, so he, you know, clearly has, a, you know, a role as the governor of the state to get involved. But I, I don't, I don't think he's at least at this point. I haven't seen any signs that he's looking to put the screws to labor on this. He, he said yesterday he is not going to get involved, in t- or he's not going to take sides. Um, I think what he said yesterday was he had hoped at least to come up with a short-term agreement to get them through the construction season while they work on their longer-term issues and seem most frustrated right. that the two sides wouldn't even agree to that. And what about the other two concerns John raised, one about the quality of work uh, being done and the impact on the local economy when you put construction workers out of work uh, in, in this kind of impasse? Well, let's take the, the second one first. I mean, 
it's not good, obviously. I mean, you're talking about a, a fairly decent, you know, sized chunk of the workforce yeah. that is uh, in a real a real bind financially right now. So that that's clearly a problem. I I would just be guessing as to what you know what effect that would have on the overall economy. But a lot of you know a lot of people are hurting right now. That that regardless of the overall effect, and that's that's never um, you know never a good thing. Mm-hmm. And and the road quality question is that oh, uh... you know. Who are the people that get brought in, I guess, is the question. I mean, you know, the Michigan Infrastructure and Transportation Association, which is management here, you know, they do use some non-union workers now. So are they bringing in people who have the expertise and specialty to do this work? They just don't happen to be a member of a union? Or are they bringing in, you know, other folks who aren't as experienced? I, yeah. You know, I don't know the answer to that question right now, um, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, clearly, it's it, it, it certainly to the the management's interest to make sure this gets done right, because, you know, there are, the state does have warranties on this work, and if they put together a bunch of roads that just fall apart immediately, it's going to be on them It'll, to yeah. get it fixed. So yeah. I I have to think they're going to bring in people who know what they're doing, but... You know, I don't. I also don't know who's available for them to bring in. Sure. Uh, let's go to Mike in Redford quickly. Mike, I've got about a minute and a half left, but I wanted to get you in here. Mr. Henderson, uh-huh. I do not believe you are asking the correct questions. Okay. Um, the correct question is, what is MEDA? And is it legal for companies to monopolize together, to get together, and effectively lock out workers who would show up and work? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The the state has allowed an illegal monopoly to lock out the union. You guys are not asking the right questions. Okay, okay Mike, I, I, like I said, I've got about a minute and a half left. I want to give Zach Gorchow a chance to address that. Why well, is this? hit on what this is all about, yeah. so that's good. Um, you know, MIDA, the Michigan Infrastructure and Transportation Association, is a uh, consortium of construction firms. Mm-hmm. And what the workers would prefer is to negotiate contracts with the with individual each one. firms, right? Yeah, um, and why is MIDA that? Does not, why is that legal? MIDA do not want to do that. Yeah, why? But is that is that an unfair labor practice under federal law? I guess is the oh, question I, that Mike is, uh, <laughs> is asking. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I know that is the argument, uh-huh. and clearly, if it is, I assume this will be taken to the National Labor Relations Board. I'm not aware that that's been done yet. Yeah. Okay, Zach Gorchow, editor of Gongwa News. Thanks very much for being here with us on Detroit Today. Good to be with you, Stephen. That's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.